on a turntable. Stock Radio 102.3. Speaking of um, artists who unexpectedly die, like Prince last week, and the effect that it has on a fan base, I was 14 when, uh, I think, is that right, 94? Yeah, it was 1994, when Kurt Cobain committed suicide. And that was a... A level of teenage angst that I'm not, I'm sure wasn't unprecedented to the, you know, the modern world of the last, you know, 100 years of U.S. history. I'm, I'm sure there was, you know, in the 60s and 50s and during those those kinds of really messed up times of our, of our history, also in the 70s. So it's not unprecedented at all, but it was a different kind of teen angst. And... People worshipped what Kurt Cobain did. Everything that he said, everything that he sang about, um, hung on every word, and young people cherished everything that came out of his mouth. And the guy was a uh, a crazy person. (laughs) The guy was a demon-filled, tortured soul uh, who was not a very good role model. Not in the sense that, I mean, these days we got people you'd think of not good role models because of their sexuality or... You know the Kanye West kind of thing or whatever. He was just he was just just this kind of trashy white guy who happened to revolutionize music and couldn't deal with it, and he killed himself. And people my age at that time, a little bit older, maybe maybe a little bit younger, but mainly my age and older, um, it was one of those. Yep, I remember exactly where I was. I was in the CNN Center at um, uh, Phillips Arena. I guess then it was the Omni um, at this in the in the food court area of the CNN Center, and and, and being in an area where there's TVs everywhere. Um, you know, with with the being the television studios there, that information was boom right there, and you could get it. Now, if, clearly, obviously, we all remember that far back. Getting information like that wasn't possible. Um, getting information even before the day was over sometimes was difficult, let alone in a split second. Um, it's, so it's it's just remarkable to where we've come. And um, but so that was one of those we all you know we remember where we were kind of things. And it really it it screwed a lot of kids' heads back then. Like this, you know, do I even want to be alive? Stuff. You know, you're already battling that kind of dumb stuff to begin with. Um, and so there, anyway, there you go. So I kind of transitioned that into the reason part of the reason that we have information at our fingertips and, and, and just lightning fast, uh, information being shot between all of us from, from news sites to just individually is things like, well, first of all, the internet period, obviously, but Facebook, I, I owe an apology to the rant to, to whoever might have taken offense to me ranting and raving over the last, I don't know, two years or so. Brian Stone in for Jeff Styles. It's Fred the Show, Talk Radio 102.3, WGOW.com. Um, I have regularly said basically if you use Facebook a lot, you're stupid. You're dumb. You're dumbing yourself down. It's, 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 it's where it's a cesspool. It's where all the, the intellectually deficient and intelligently impaired people are hanging out. While I don't necessarily think that that's not true to a certain degree, I was wrong to be so judgmental with such a wide-sweeping generalization. Facebook has done a very, very good job of reinventing themselves 
as the social media climate has changed around them. And while the Internet uh, boom through now your phone is more, I mean, very few people are sitting around banging out on a, on a, a, a desktop anymore, uh, emails and, and Facebook messages and Facebook posts. Almost all of it is, is via your, your phone, your mobile device. Mine's sitting here right in front of me. Yours is right in front of you, or it's in your pocket, or it's always within an arm's reach. And they've done a very good job of if, if competing with their competition or buying their competition, then taking what their competition is doing, if they can't buy it, and they're improving their own product significantly. And for a while, people were going away from Facebook to Twitter and to other to WhatsApp and to some other social media applications and websites, Instagram, things like that. And Facebook has changed the way they do things, and they've made it. They've act. They brought people back. I got some numbers that are staggering here, and I'm using Facebook more and more. And I was a Twitter guy. I still love Twitter at Stone on Air. Don't fax the radio show, by the way. Good lord, can we stop giving the fax number? That you just do you like to sound like a dinosaur? Do you want to sound like you don't know what's going on? Then give the fax number. Don't fax this radio show. Tweet this radio show at Stone On Air or at Talk Radio 102.3. Send a Facebook message. Hell, bring a scribble out a note and walk it down to 821 Pineville Road and hand it to me before you fax the show. Good Lord, can we just throw that thing in the garbage can? But Twitter is something that I, I love, but it's dying. It's not working anymore. I'm so sad to say, but it's not working. It's because they're... They, st- they they came up with a, a concept and they didn't ever change it and they didn't well they they have they've tweaked it but it's not, it's not significant enough it took off because it was different it was neat it was interesting it was fun and only some people understood how it worked and now they've just given up and I'm not even using I found myself on the spring tour which I was Instagramming I was Facebooking and maybe if I got around to it I'd send a tweet. Why? Because I knew, why was it just maybe on Twitter? Because I knew it wasn't going to get any damn traction. I knew it wasn't going to get any retweets. Or if I got any, it would be one. Or if I got a, I guess they call it light, the hearts thing, favorited, whatever. I might get one or two. And it's and that's what people are having frustration with. You, you use these things because you want interaction. That's why we do it. Facebook's the only one that's getting the traction. And they've, they've been able to maintain and they've been able to innovate their initial concept and change and change and change and change and some of these numbers will sta- will stagger you from the guardian how facebook plans to take over the world mark zuckerberg addresses the f8 audience which f8 is just a conference that is basically a facebook if you have any kind of interaction with facebook on a business side this is their little conference once a year we've gone from a world of isolated communities to one global community and we are better for it says mark zuckerberg further down in the piece here the scale of facebook's audience is unprecedented more than 1.6 billion people use Facebook at least once a month. That is half of every person who uses the Internet at all. Half of the amount of people who use the Internet at all are on Facebook. WhatsApp has 1 billion users. Instagram has 400 million. Facebook bought both of those. So rather than buy them up and just throw them away, they bought them up and left them out there. And so they're part of the network. 
So people are like, oh, Facebook's dumb. I'll go to WhatsApp. Bro, it's the same thing. It's the same people. Same deal with Instagram. So it's $1.6 billion on Facebook, $1 billion on WhatsApp, $400 million on Instagram. Facebook made $5.8 billion of revenue in the fourth quarter of 2015. $5.8 billion in the fourth quarter alone in 2015. And it's able to make money from its users, not just because of the un- unprecedented audience, but the amount of time that's, that they spend on the, serv- uh, on the service. In the United States, the average 18 to 34-year-old spends 30 hours per month on social media networking sites. And 26 of those are on Facebook. Every click, every like, every comment, and every connection is used to build up a rich profile on each user's. Brands pay all kinds of money for this information. When the digital company recognized that we often want to keep our conversations private, it turned to the Messenger app, which is an incredible way to, to, to communicate. And when the photo-sharing startup Instagram was gaining traction, Facebook bought it. It's unlikely, but not impossible, that a competitor could step in and be a substitute for Facebook. Facebook simply has too many users and too many tentacles into different parts of our lives. Anyone that looks like a threat gets acquired. And it just the, the article's like ten pages long. I, I check it out. Maybe I'll, I'll I'll how about this? I'll tweet it out. I won't put it on Facebook. I'll tweet it. And I'll see how many people react to it. How Facebook plans to take over the world? I was wrong. Facebook is a incredible tool. That is getting better and better as time goes on. And I said the exact opposite for the longest time that this thing was a dying internet wasteland. And I couldn't have been more incorrect. And that's something you should get used to if you're new to listen to me on the radio. I'm incorrect all the time. And he walks around thinking like he knows everything. No, so much that I don't know. I'm dumb. I just try to figure this stuff out as I go along. My name is Brian. We're a decade and a half into the 21st century, so why are we stuck in the 1950s when it comes to an honest exchange of ideas? We explore that score and more every day, every week, every month of the year. The Talk That Matters is Talk Radio 102.3, The Talk Monster.